Welcome in to the Alex Abernathy Show, broadcast across the whole state of Tennessee and podcasting nationwide. I'm one of the guest hosts here from Good Morning Liberty, Charles Chuck Thompson, alongside of me, as always, the other guest hosts, filling in for Alex Abernathy, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going today, my friend? It's going pretty great, dude. I've had a great weekend. I'm ready to get this week going. What about you? I love Mondays. We okay. always love Mondays because you and I enjoy working. <laughs> Isn't it's, that weird? When you enjoy what you do, that's that's the best thing that can possibly happen. Like recording podcasts and putting them out as Good Morning Liberty, which you can find on your podcast app. Just a little bit about us, and then we'll get into all of the news. Both of us are from the tyrannical state of Illinois. That is where we originally from, but we moved. To, <laughs> it's terrible. It's the worst. It's the worst state. At least you have nice weather in California. Yeah. You don't have the oceans. <laughs> you don't have the things that you have in New York. So what, what does Illinois have going for it? I'm not really sure. So we, of course, I don't know, 12, 11, 12 years ago, we said, we have to get the heck out of here. We got to go to Tennessee because that's where the freedom is. That's where we don't have to pay any state income taxes. I'm never going to move anywhere else. I'll tell you that. What I want to tell everyone is always have some gratitude because it could be worse. That's really the point of mentioning that we're from Illinois because, listen, even though there's stuff going on in Tennessee that we might not like sometimes, at least you don't live in Illinois or California or New York. And then you can extrapolate that all the way out. Like, well, at least you have water and food. And, <laughs> it's true. You know, at least you were born. But, but don't let that drive you to not have any gratitude towards something because of course if you take that to its logical conclusion then well you should always have gratitude if you even if you are in california have gratitude that you probably have running water and power sometimes you don't hey don't and know. just because you have gratitude doesn't mean that you can't complain about things and and want to make things better you should always want to make things better if we weren't driving to make things better even though that this is the greatest country and potentially one of the greatest states to live in in that country we still want to make it better because it could be better and that is what that's how you make things better over time you still got to push for that and so on this show just so just so everyone knows today we're going to be talking about well over the weekend we had the 9-11 anniversary we're going to be talking about how people tend to be more willing to give up their individual liberties after there is a giant emergency like that so we'll talk about 9-11 and then how human beings are more likely to give away that liberty after something terrible happens i wanted to talk a little bit about 9-12 and how we had so much unity as a country and what does it mean to the left to have unity nowadays it means you unity. Do, you do what i want is what that means you do what I want. And I know Alex already talked a little bit about 912 and, and Unity on Friday's show. We got a dumb tweet from Joe Walsh, not the guitar player for the Eagles, but uh, the other Joe Walsh. And then a, a really, actually another dumb tweet from Kamala Harris regarding the recall of Gavin Newsom, which is happening this week. And man, do we hope that actually goes through. A little bit about what Bill Lee has been saying about masks in schools and some other comments on that. The FDA is working towards approving the vaccines for children. And we'll talk about Biden's, of course, Biden's vaccine mandate, which uh, which he announced on Thursday of last week and all the reactions we've had from Tennessee lawmakers as well. So like Nate said, this is the Good Morning Liberty folks, Nate and Chuck. We're filling in for Alex Abernathy much. Uh, we, we appreciate Alex, mm -hmm. uh, you know, asking us to do this for him, trusting us enough. 
that he would be able to fill in for his fantastic show. Let's so. try to not prove him wrong. Let's <laughs> let's kick it off, Nate. All right. So from Joe Walsh, I don't know if you all remember him, but he suffers from an he started suffering from an immense amount of Trump derangement syndrome. Well, let's draw the correlation on Alex's show. He does. Uh, woke notes woke notes and on our show the good morning liberty podcast we do a dumb bleep of the week dumb bleep of the week and it's the most popular show usually so it is we finally get to talk about dumb stuff when it comes to dumb bleep of the week joe walsh didn't make it in because i was saving this one for today so here's the tweet from joe walsh it's pretty dumb let me tell you he says i come from the world of conservative talk radio and it pains me to say it but i can't think of anything doing more damage to our democracy these days than conservative talk radio all you people out there listening to us right now are doing the most damage to our country that joe walsh can think of not not anything else i mean i have to steal from alex here i mean this is pretty woke (laughs) this guy's this guy's woken up (laughs) i I think i hope alex still does a show uh, does a woke note segment on what he said because listen what, what everyone's doing right now, listening to uh, a news program that is tilted more towards the right, if you want to call it that, that is just obviously doing the most damage. Why would it be doing the most damage? That's what I want to know. What What is it? It's not, it's not people like CNN. It's not people like MSNBC out there spewing complete nonsense and lies at all times. That's not what it is. It's not our government that's doing the most damage to our democracy the the immense amount of debt that we've racked up it's not what we do overseas it's not the liberties that we're taking away from people every single day it's just conservative talk radio yeah how about that from conservative joe walsh right first of all i want to point out the the fallacy in this which is democracy we're not a democracy yeah we're not a democrat i mean okay so we vote democratically for our representatives because we live in a republic we live in a representative republic and we know and the founders knew that democracy is tyranny and and what are conservatives doing you might ask well that's what it is you're asking questions Mm. that's this is what blows my mind about these types of things is like what i see mostly and of course there are people on the right that i completely disagree with um that that that, and there there are some conspiracy theories out there that i'm just like okay that's a little too far-fetched most of what i see is conservatives just asking questions like for instance hey last year we couldn't go to any stadiums this year college football over the weekend people were shoulder to shoulder and COVID is more rampant now than what it was last year so much so that we have to have all these mandates and stuff that we're going to talk about what's the difference or how about uh, we ask a question like i don't are there other potential life-saving medications to help with COVID? yeah uh, if you have and natural it, immunity from COVID, do you have to get a vaccine you're damaging democracy i just damaged democracy too many questions See, you can't question the betters you can't question the people that are above you that's not something that you you can do because that's damaging to him democracy what it's actually damaged damage to is the establishment it's actually damaged to their power so they don't like it when people are out there questioning so coming right up in the next segment we're going to be discussing 9-11 what we remember from it because i remember that day very clearly i also remember 9-12 and all the unity that we had as a country afterwards and then a very a very important 
question, which is that why is it that human beings are so willing to give away their liberties after an emergency has happened? And how do we apply this to COVID-19? That's coming right okay, up. Okay, so let me tell you guys about a couple of our sponsors real quick. Don't hit the skip button. Get your finger away from the skip button. The first one I'm going to tell you guys about is BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash GML. If you guys are potentially going through a stressful time right now, maybe you're reading things on Twitter and you're getting really stressed. Maybe you're going through family problems. Maybe you have a relationship issue. Maybe you're depressed uh, for whatever reason. The, the lockdowns have caused depression. Maybe all kinds of other things. Uh, deaths in the family. Anything. Better help is going to help you. All right. These are licensed therapists. You go on there. You make an account. And you answer some questions. And they pair you up with a therapist. A licensed therapist that you can talk to through the app. You can do phone calls, video calls. All kinds of stuff like that. Secure calls. I know a lot of people don't like talking about important things like this over the over the airwaves. You know, we're worried about that. It's a very secure app. No one else is going to see your conversations. All right. They're going to pair you up with someone. You don't have to go with the person that they pick for you. You're going to give you a list. You can choose between different people. It's so much cheaper than going into the office it's safer if you're worried, if you uh, have a compromised immune system, if you're worried about going out in public, it's safer. Just going to stay at home, be able to go do this over your phone. So anyway, check out the BetterHelp app. Get on your phone, search BetterHelp, get on your computer, type in BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash GML will give you 10% off your first month, 10% off BetterHelp.com slash GML. Welcome back in. We are getting ready for the second segment of the show. We're going to be talking about 9-11 and 9-12, those two different dates that are very significant to all of Americans. We're going to be covering an article from Reason magazine titled, We Lost Liberty After 9-11, COVID-19 Threatens More of the Same. So this, this is something interesting that, that I think is a really good discussion that we can have for conservatives, for libertarians, for all, all sorts of people to ask, what are we willing to give up? Why, are, why have we transferred so much power from the individual to the, not only the federal government, but the state's governments and you see mayors and, and governors and bureaucracies, bureaucracies that don't even technically create laws that are doing so much damage to individual liberty and why that is so important. A couple important quotes here to, uh, to think about while we're going through this conversation. Uh, Frederick von Hayek, who's uh, a, an economic hero to a lot of us, especially on the libertarian side, said, emergencies have always been the pretext on which the safeguards of individual liberty have been eroded. And then everyone knows the quote from Ben Franklin, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And before we got before we get into this, I wanted to ask you Charlie, do you remember do you remember 9/11 much? I mean, you're a little bit younger than me, but not that much. I do. I, yeah. 20 years ago, I was 12. I'm just telling you my age. <laughs> I, I can't believe it's been 20 years. Hold on, but, I'm just checking your math on that real quick. Okay. Yeah. You're yeah. 37. All right, I got it. <laughs> good. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you you went to a really good school in Illinois, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois has the best public schools, let me tell you what. Because they spend the most money. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I remember well, I was in science class, actually. Um, and Mr. Bramer was my science teacher there. And uh, fortunately for me, the very uh, next class that I had was my history social studies class with uh, Miss with Miss Oliver. That was Miss Kruger back then, I think. Um, and so it, 
luckily she just basically turned on the TV and I'll never forget. Here's what I'll never forget. She decided to use this as a teaching moment. Obviously we watched the whole thing and, and there were, it was weird because we all felt very emotional, but we didn't really know what was going on. Um, I mean, of course we were, I was 12, so we were aware like, Oh my God, a plane hit the tower. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, why wouldn't they use a missile? That was my, that was my thought. Like, why wouldn't they use a missile? They're using planes. Um, and then she wrote a name on the board. Cause she's like, who do you think could do this? The first name she wrote on the board, because no one had an answer. We were 12. We didn't study the world that much. First name she wrote on the board was Osama bin Laden. Wow. And I was, uh, now that we know that it was him, I was very impressed. Yeah. That I wasn't a- impressed then. Cause I didn't know. I'm like, I, I was like, oh, Osama <laughs> bin, bin, bin Laden? Laden. Who's that? Well, yeah, I don't know who that is, man. Let me tell you what. Yeah, she was a great history teacher. I had her all. Charlie and I, by the way, went to the same elementary school, yeah. same high school. And so we've known each other for a really, really long time. Is it too long? I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's too long. We've hated each other longer than most people even met. <laughs> but <laughs> another thing that I remember the most from this is the unity that we had Afterwards on nine twelve, I don't know if ever I don't know if it was the same way everywhere, but there were American flags all over the place. I remember the newspapers they printed an American flag as the whole back page of the newspaper, and you were supposed to cut it out and put it in your window or do do whatever you're going to do with it. And there were just American flags everywhere. I've never never seen us come together as a country like that. And I hate that it took something so terrible to see everyone on the same page afterwards. I really wish that the whole country would come together like that again and put the, of course, now, you know, the American flag, that's that's a, a racist symbol of hatred. So how are you going to put that everywhere? That's that's just going to mark that you're an evil right wing conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. is, is really what it is. But that's not what the American flag means to me. I'm not the most raw, raw America person that you've ever met. But I do love the ideas that our country was founded on. That's what I think about when I see the American flag is individual liberty. The fact that you own yourself. That's what I see when I actually see that flag. And it was it was great to see that. And plain, raw, dirty freedom. It's just terrible, awful, dangerous freedom. That's what it was, man. All right. So let's dig into this article from Reason.com. We lost liberty after 9-11. COVID-19 threatens more of the same. So we're kind of drawing these two together because, uh, well, COVID-19 is relevant and we're losing a lot of freedom and and liberty, folks. And so, uh, you know, we have to talk the correlation between these two. Uh, The terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001 cast a long shadow over American life. 20 years later, the world is more chaotic and less free because the U.S. government exploited fear to erode liberty and launch two disastrous wars. Now, yet another crisis, the COVID-19 pandemic, creates new opportunities to restrict freedom in the name of protecting us from a threat. President Joe Biden's new vaccine mandate is just the latest round of pandemic restrictions and government by executive fiat that started in early 2020. The pandemic, too, threatens to leave an authoritarian legacy. The best-known policy result of the 9-11 attacks is pervasive surveillance. Edward Snowden showed how the National Security Agency, the NSA, used powers acquired after 9-11 to collect communications data from innocent people at home and abroad. But the government didn't act on its own. It also conscripted communications companies to monitoring customers and installed NSA equipment at NAT&T facilities. Now, this is an important point to make because people are split on Edward Snowden still. They're split on what he did 
But I, I know that what the NSA was doing was wrong because we do have a right to privacy. It's in the Constitution. Of course, there was a reason that the Founding Fathers put that in the Constitution. You don't get to say that people don't have that right to privacy anymore. And honestly, we're going to be given a speech at a, at a, a thing in Nashville on October 9th called Freer Fest. Freer Future Fest is what, is what it is. So you want to make sure you're going to that. There's a lot of great speakers, including us. And we're going to be talking about privacy and how you can't have liberty without privacy, but people were so willing to give this up. They were so willing to throw away a whole amendment in the Constitution to purchase a little temporary safety. And so once again, if you're someone who likes to throw out that quote, people were more than willing to give up that freedom to purchase a little bit of temporary safety. And we've been willing to give it up for COVID-19 too. I've got another great quote from Edward Snowden himself, who says, those who say they don't care about privacy because they have nothing to hide is like saying you don't care about freedom of speech because you have nothing to say. Mm, that's and good. So, and then so you have to so you have to realize that it's like okay, if you have nothing to hide, that doesn't matter. You should still care about privacy, just like you care about free speech, even if you have nothing to say. Uh, let me read the Fourth Amendment for you real quick before we continue on here. It says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects. That means everything when it comes to people. Oh, wait, it doesn't say cell phones, Charlie. So it, they didn't they didn't mean cell phones. Persons, houses, papers, and effects. Mm. Yeah. Oh, just like they didn't mean muskets. Yeah, with the second they Amendment, only right? meant muskets. Yeah, exactly. That, that's all they meant, right? Yeah, make sure that you're not being hypocritical when you're making arguments exactly. on this. If they meant AR-15s, which they did mean AR-15s, then they also meant cell phones and computers. And the internet. Yes. Yeah. Against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized so we violate this all the time anyway and just re even regular warrants like oh well we're going to search the house mm -hmm. well, what are you going to search but the house the house you see that house but right there that's what it is what 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 in particular are you going to search well the house yeah, we're going to search the whole thing. The you property. Know you know what we're going to search? <laughs> Verizon. That's what we're going to search. Yeah, yeah. Ver Verizon. But like the whole thing. Yeah. And so we violated all the time, but this was a gross overreach uh, when it came down to what the NSA did and the CIA and all of them basically keeping all of your communication uh, unknowingly to you. And not only that, but James Clapper, never forget this. James Clapper lied in front of Congress when he was asked a direct question if they were collecting millions or tens of a millions uh, millions of americans data uh, unknowingly to them and he said no now most people when you lie in front of congress you go to jail <laughs> right like that, that's called perjury yeah. by the way you can't do that but no james clapper not only did he get away with it he kept his job for a while until he retired so anyway after 9 11 congress created the department of homeland security and nationalized airport security under the transportation security administration the tsa those lovely gropers and feelers <laughs> Uh, have, you, have you ever been groped by the TSA agent? I have. No, man. they I go haven't. right up in there. I've been searched a lot because I did a lot of travel with a lot of music gear, and so they like to go through all of the all of the the cases that mm -hmm. have all the pedals and everything. Which I don't. I mean, if you looked at that thing on a on an X ray machine or whatever it is they're looking at it on, I'm sure it looks pretty terrible when you when you look through it. Yeah. 
Today's, uh, I'm going to skip down a little bit here so we can get into the COVID piece. Uh, today's public health crisis, so we all know about 9-11 and what happened after that. So today's public health crisis has led to trillions in past or proposed spending for so-called recovery and infrastructure. Somehow that's been defined to include internet access, child tax credits, electric vehicle charging stations, corporate subsidies, and buy American mandates. Paid leave is infrastructure. Child care is infrastructure. Caregiving, caregiving is infrastructure, is a quote from Senator Kristen Gillibrand, a Democrat from New York, insisted in a revealing, uh, revealingly opt- opportunistic tweet. Uh, so what they're doing with this, with the COVID crisis, was very similar to the 9-11 terrorist attacks been u- by using the fear. In fact, we had several folks come out and say, never let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah, when you're scared, you're more likely to, because the government, you see, they're here to keep you safe. That's what they do. And so when the government says, I'm going to keep you safe, then you're willing to do that. And of course, there's been a lot of seizing of opportunities when it comes from the, especially the left, especially the Democrat side, and spending all these trillions of dollars that we do not have. And what I want everyone else to remember is they created the Department of Homeland Security, which is going to be tasked with taking care of all you terrible domestic terrorists out there with your don't tread on me flags and your American flags all over the place. So now they were going to keep us safe from terrorists. Well, what do you define as a terrorist? You also have to remember the FISA court was used to spy on President Trump when he was running for election. And so these things, even though it sounds like they're going to keep you safe, you never know what they're actually going to be used for. Coming back up in the next segment, we'll be covering some stuff in Tennessee that's going on with what Bill Lee has said about masks in schools and, of course, the Biden vaccine mandates coming right up. Listen up, everyone. Are you paying attention to what's happening with Bitcoin and digital currencies? Smart money investors are buying, trading and holding cryptocurrencies with their retirement accounts while not worrying about taxes. Everyone pay attention here. They're holding crypto in their retirement accounts and not worrying about taxes. Smartest investors are investing with their IRA or 401k retirement accounts. The easiest way to do that is iTrust Capital, the number one crypto IRA and 401k platform in America. iTrust Capital has over $1 billion worth of assets under management from thousands of happy account holders. Why? All iTrust retirement accounts allow you to invest and trade your crypto and gold tax-free on their 24-7 platform. If you have an existing IRA or other retirement account, like a 401k, you can roll those over with no penalty or taxes. iTrust Capital makes investing in crypto safe and easy. You can log into your account 24-7 and invest at the push of a button. Now crypto can be traded as easily as stocks. No private keys or complex processes. iTrust Capital also makes investing in physical gold and silver easy. iTrust uses a blockchain ledger that gives you digital ownership of physical gold held at the Royal Canadian Mint. This is not a security, derivative, future, or other financial contract. This is fully backed by physical gold that is deliverable upon request. And the best part, iTrust Capital has low transparent pricing that's 90% cheaper than comparable options. So if you're looking for an IRA to trade cryptocurrency and precious metals tax-free, go to itrustcapital.com and use the promo code LIBERTY. You will get your first month free 
and a free crypto IRA and gold IRA investors guide. So once more, go to itrustcapital.com, use that promo code LIBERTY for your first month free, and receive their crypto and IRA gold IRA investors guide at no cost. All right, this is the Alex Abernathy Show. Nate Thurston and Charles Chuck Thompson from Good Morning Liberty filling in today. Check out Good Morning Liberty on your favorite podcast app. A little bit of Tennessee news here. So Governor Lee, and first off, I'll say I've, I've liked Governor Lee overall so far. Uh, he's pretty good on the economic issues, of course, being a being a business owner. He's been pretty good on COVID so far, so I don't have a lot of terrible things to say about him. But this is him talking about schools, uh, whether or not they're going to have mask mandates, and he says something a little bit a little bit contradictory here. But I also like the principle that he's trying to set forward. So that this is from WKRN. Governor Lee hopes parents send children to school in masks despite signing order allowing opt-outs of the mandates. Now, what are they trying to say there? They're trying to say that he's hypocritical because he wants children to go to school wearing a mask, but he's also signing opt-outs of the mandate saying that you don't have to. Now, they did the same thing with, with uh, Governor Abbott down in Texas, the same thing. He, he gets COVID while also saying that kids shouldn't have to wear masks in schools. And that doesn't make you hypocritical, by the way. Thinking that people should do something, like thinking that people should get the vaccine or that people should wear masks, but not forcing them to do it are two completely separate issues. Just because you think people should make a personal choice does not mean that you think you should force them to make a personal choice. Amen. And what's important is the same thing you you mentioned Texas, but also same thing in Florida. And what's what's interesting when you look at the data between the states, it's almost all identical between uh, between uh, if you if you measure it per one hundred thousand people, which is what you have to do because all states have different populations. But if you look at the amount of cases and the amount of deaths per one hundred thousand. In almost every single state, they're relatively the same, whether that state has mask mandates or not. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I I will disagree with you a little bit. This is what we do on Good Morning Liberty, by good, the way. Good, good. I disagree with you a little bit slightly, and we'll get into that in just a second. When it comes, so this is from WKRM once again. When it comes to new COVID nineteen cases, Tennessee is trending in the wrong direction. The state's seven day average of more than seven thousand new cases is near the record high numbers from December twenty twenty. By the way, you will hear us say a lot on the podcast, I'm sick of talking about the cases. I want to know how many people are dying from it because people do get sick. Obviously, the more people get sick, the more people are going to die from it. But the people that are dying or have serious illness are the numbers that we need to be focusing on. Tennessee also reported a record high 3,500 current hospitalizations for COVID on Thursday. I think hospitalizations and death, that's that's the important number. Yeah. Lee said parents should consider having their children wear masks. Quote, districts do have the ability to impose mask requirements across the state, said Lee. Every parent has the ability to send their kid to school with a mask. You ought to consider that, and I hope they'll do it. Tennessee schools returned to the classroom in August for the new year. By the end of the month, over 42,000 cases of COVID were reported for school-aged children, nearly doubling the record of 24,000 cases in school-aged children set in December 2020. During the same press conference on Thursday, Tennessee Department of Health Commissioner Dr. Lisa Piercy said nearly 40% of the cases in the last week were among children. A number of school districts have announced closures due to a spike in COVID-19 cases. Currently, kids under the age of 12 are not eligible for a vaccine. So here's what I'll say I find contradiction in. 
And this might not be where you disagree with me. It might be in the video from NPR discussing a uh, an issue going on in Tennessee that we're going to play here in a second. I find contradiction in this because he's saying that he hopes parents send their kids to school in masks. Now, if you hope that they'll send kids to school in masks, what you're really saying is, I think masks work. That's what the governor is saying, that I think masks make you safer from COVID. But then he also doesn't want to mandate that. And what I will say is there's a contradiction there because we do accept government mandates when it comes to safety for children. For instance, a car seat. Your kid has to be in a car seat because we have plenty of data saying that your kid is much safer when they're in a car seat instead of just wearing a seatbelt if they if the seatbelt even fits for them. Actually, everyone would be safer in a car seat. <laughs> if, you, if you made adult well, car I seats. Do, I do sit in the car seat in my car. It's yeah. the seat. That's, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> and so there's a contradiction there because does the government have any responsibility when it comes to protecting children? Because children, is, when you're under the age of 18, there's all sorts of rules where if a parent is not doing something or they're doing something to hurt their kids, then we accept that the government comes in and takes responsibility for children and safety. So there's a contradiction in what he's saying to me. Because it sounds like he's saying he thinks masks are safer for children to wear, that it's going to keep them safer. And so what I'm wondering is where do you draw the line when you think that you could save kids' lives by, by having them wear masks, but also that it's not the government's job to do that. It's the parent's job. But then we don't take the parent's job when it comes to a lot of other things. Yeah, I mean, that's always going to be a debate. And I think that's the important thing that those things are left up for debate. Like what's underneath... Uh, the parents purview and what does the state have an obligation to do to protect children uh, that are in harm? And so I think, you know, you draw, you draw a line with car seats and I have a, I have a little one. Okay. And the, the mandate for car seats, I think only lasts till two years old. I could be wrong. Parents could correct me on this and I, I apologize if I am, but they do change the guidelines all the time. They say, Hey, you know, it's okay after 40 pounds, but really, you know, we're new research is showing if you keep them in a car seat up to 80 pounds, it's even safer, you know, so that they'll, they'll put out those guidelines and then parents can make the best decisions for their kids. And ultimately I think whatever we can leave up to the parents, we should, that, that's, that's exactly what we should do. So I, in my opinion, I think Lee is doing the right thing, but I also agree with what he's saying is that I hope they do too. So I'm going to play this uh, video. NPR posted this. A high school student in Tennessee told the school board members that his grandmother, a former teacher in the di district, died of COVID because someone wasn't wearing a mask. I'm worried about my family. If I get COVID, I'm going to bring it to my family. And I talk to my grandparents a lot. They're higher risk than me, so I don't want to give them COVID. This time last year, my grandmother, who was a former teacher at the Rutherford County School System, died of COVID because someone wasn't wearing a mask. This is a very, this is a very, this is a, hey guys, we're here to act professional. Please, just, sir, go ahead. Thank you. This is an avoidable issue and by not wearing masks in schools, it's irresponsible. We're killing people. This is not something that we should be doing for the education of our students. 
So the first thing I don't like from that video right there is the heckling. Now, I understand the emotions behind this, and you're trying to fight this uh, the evil, tyrannical regime that has popped up trying to push all these COVID mandates. But when someone is speaking like that, don't be like the left and try to stop them from speaking. Allow them. And when you have someone whose family member passed away from COVID, don't heckle them while they're talking about their family member dying. Just have a little bit more respect and a little bit more human dignity than that. I, I think that that's pretty gross. I would not want to heckle a, a young, it looks like a teenager maybe, talking about their family member that died. Now, he says that his grandmother died because someone wasn't wearing a mask. And to me, that is in a, a pretty egregious statement because there's no there's no proof that if someone would have been wearing a mask that she wouldn't have got COVID. We don't have we don't have that proof. So you're picking something and just blaming it on this person that wasn't wearing a mask when he's wearing a cloth mask on his face right now, which even Fauci in his email said didn't do anything when it came to COVID. You're supposed to have an N95. You're supposed to have something that's going to actually fit securely to your face because you could still cough and the particles can still go through it. They could still come out the sides. They could come out all over the place. We don't have the data to support anything about mask mandates. In fact, we've got a lot of data showing that masks don't do anything when it comes to large settings. Now, I realize they wear them in healthcare settings, in a controlled setting where one person is interacting with another person and they wear this mask. But where's, where's the data? If it were so obvious with millions of people wearing masks all over the country, where is the data showing that this is a clear thing that we have to do that's saving people's lives? And this is where, see, this is a good disagreement because I let you finish. Now I'm going to disagree with you quickly because we got to move on to the well, next segment. We can carry segment. it on into the next segment if you want to. Okay. Well, yeah. let me just say real quick, there is a study out of Mayo that I can go over with you that is uh, that is a 90% efficacy in reducing infection. Okay. The actual, actual infection. And I know I'm still going to come out being right on this, but I'm more than willing to let Charlie <laughs> read this. So coming up, we will finish this conversation on the mask, and then we will talk about the Biden vaccine mandates coming right up. Welcome back into the Alex Abernathy show. This is Chuck and Nate from Good Morning Liberty filling in. Go check out Good Morning Liberty wherever you get your favorite podcast, because we do this thing every single day. So back on our disagreement here, a fair and free disagreement that Nate and I have. I, I will say there is a study published from the Mayo Clinic published in July uh, that did say, now, now there's a couple key pieces to this that I want people to remember. When you wear a mask properly, when both people wear a mask properly, there is a massive reduction in large respiratory particles. Now that is important because COVID-19 um, matters the amount of viral load that you ingest. So the amount of viral load that you ingest matters when it comes to whether or not you are going to get a significant infection from COVID-19. Now, there are a lot of people out there who get an infection are complete, completely asymptomatic. And there are some people who are, it completely decimates. Okay. I had a friend of mine, 33 years old, healthy. Um, he, he passed away. Uh, it, it, so it, it is kind of weird how COVID-19 targets and seems to target certain people and not others. And, I, a and lot I'm, of going, that, I'm going to a funeral for someone who was vaccinated tomorrow. Yes. So. And so, so it is interesting how it does, but a lot of it does have to do with viral load. And so I'll just read you a little bit of the study, the results here. When both the source, so the source of the droplets and the target were masked, Regardless of separation, so it doesn't matter how far apart you were, there was a 99.5% reduction in the particle count. Now, that doesn't mean that COVID's not going to escape the mask, because it absolutely will. 
But the particle count is what matters because what matters is the viral load when it comes to COVID-19 now. But the key thing is, especially for kids, it has to be worn properly. Yeah, Most that, people, when you wear a mask, you don't cover your nose or you don't have it like sealed at the top or whatever. You press it down or whatever. So that's that's very important. So that's my only disagreement. I still think it should be left up to parents because I'm against government mandates. I always have been my whole life. But I'm telling you, if you just want the data, this is what the studies are showing that if you wear a mask properly, it can reduce the large particles. And that's very important when it comes to being inf infected by COVID-19. And really the big question there is, is are kids going to wear it properly? Because of that, of course, that study is not on children specifically. Exactly. That's people wearing that. And the person talking in the video we just played was someone talking about how we need to mandate masks at schools for, for children. Which so, I disagree with. Yeah. So that, you know, I don't know if you swayed me on my point there, Charlie. So Biden's vaccine <laughs> mandates, by the way, we are, we're, we like vaccines. I'm not vaccinated myself and uh, I did have COVID. It got pretty bad. And Charles is vaccinated. He did get COVID same time I did, maybe from me, who knows? And his was not probably from you. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a difference in thinking that vaccines are a good thing overall for society and thinking that they need to be mandated. And of course, with Biden's new mandate for anyone who works for an, any employer that has over 100 employees, that's going to be 80 million people right there. We're not in support of that at all, because that takes away your personal freedom. It takes away your choice in the matter, which really should be made between yourself and the doctor. By the way, the, the notes they say on the vaccine are that vaccines are considered safe for most people. And so what if you're under that mandate and, and you have to end up getting that? I wanted to play a video from a CNN correspondent who loves being a communist dictator in her spare time, Dr. Lena Wen, basically saying that we need to restrict travel for everyone who is not vaccinated, which, which would never hold up. But this is something that's considered acceptable to throw out there on a daily basis when it comes to CNN. So here's here's her video. But there's an even bigger reason, too, which is I think we really may, need to make it clear that there are privileges associated with being an American, that if you wish to have these privileges, you need to get vaccinated. Travel and having the right to travel interstate, it's not a constitutional right as far as I'm as far as I know to um, to to uh, to board a plane. And so saying that if you want to stay unvaccinated, that's your choice. But if you want to travel, you better go get that vaccine. Okay. Mm. So there are privileges to being an American. That old interstate commerce clause, huh? Yeah, yep, that whole thing. There's no right to travel uh, as far as she knows. And then she says, well, there's no right to travel on an airplane. And if the, if the person who owns the airplane doesn't want you to travel on it, then you don't have a right to just get on it. But if they are okay with you traveling on their airplane, uh, then you obviously should have the right to travel on that plane. And we've, we see with these vaccine mandates, this, this contradiction where if you get the vaccine, you're completely safe, but you're not safe from unvaccinated people. I think unvaccinated people are more dangerous than COVID itself if you're, if you're around unvaccinated people. And the data is just not really holding up on that at all. So we're doing this mandate. We've reached a point where this is a choice. You should have the choice because it's obvious the vaccine reduces the risk of dying from COVID. It reduces your risk of getting COVID. It reduces your risk of getting serious illness and it reduces your risk of dying, of course. And so much so that uh, I believe 99.7% of the people dying are people who are unvaccinated and the rest of them are vaccinated. Okay, now some actual numbers on this, uh, if you want to know what some of these actual numbers are, here's how many people. Now, this is from the middle of August, so it's not completely updated numbers, but they're from, I believe, August 10th is when the first, uh, when these numbers were from. 
This is from the CDC. 165 million vaccinated individuals, okay, fully vaccinated individuals, 165 million. At this point on August 10th, there have been 125,000 people that were infected that were vaccinated. So that's 0.07% of the people who were vaccinated were infected. And the people that were hospitalized was 7,700, which is 0.005% of the people that were vaccinated. And vaccinated deaths at this time was, according to the CDC, 1,500 people, which is 0.001%. And I was being nice right there because it's actually 0.0009% is what that comes out to. So we have reduced the risk. If you are vaccinated, we have reduced the risk of dying from covid down to being the the number 100 thing that you need to worry about dying from, okay? It's safer than riding in a car. It's safer than going swimming. It's safer than eating food that could choke you. It's safer than a lot of different things. But we decided that we can't have anyone die from this. And what I mean is we've made it to a point where the choice is whether or not you're going to be vaccinated because the risk of dying if you are vaccinated is so low. So that really makes me think we've come to a point where this has to do with uh, control more than it has to do with actually keeping people safe. Because as far as keeping people safe, they've reduced the risk of dying from COVID if you get the vaccination down to a completely negligible risk. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't care about the 1,500 people who died from COVID, but it is, in fact, a part of life that people die from all sorts of things every single day, and you're not going to get the number down to zero. Yeah, you, you actually have a higher risk of dying from the flu if you're vaccinated from COVID than you do of dying from COVID. Yeah, exactly. And we're against death. Uh, we're, we're, we're completely against the, the, the 1,500 people who have died or all the people who have died from COVID or anything else in life. Uh, we don't like that. That's sad. Not and, a fan. Of course. So, but, but the thing about it is, is that we believe that you own yourself, that you have, you have a right to decide what goes in your body, mm-hmm. right? And, and you have a right to decide what risks you're willing to take with your own life. That, that's, this is America, isn't it? Like, <laughs> isn't this, isn't this the land of the free and the home of the brave? No, uh, no, I, I mean, not isn't, isn't this the, the whole idea that you, that you have, that you're forced to take something? Now look, uh, morally and for your own safety, I, I think vaccines are a good idea. That's me personally. And I, and I would encourage people to get them because if you look at the history of vaccines, we don't know much about this one, but overall, if you look at the history of small punks, uh, small punks, yeah. small pox, not large punks, uh, those are way worse. Small pox, measles, uh, rubella, um, uh, whatever it is, uh, polio or any of those. Uh, the vaccines are relatively safe. They've done a good job of helping us combat certain diseases. Um, and so I, I've had it and I haven't experienced any issues. Um, now that, that doesn't mean that we, that something might not happen in 20 years because we don't know the long-term history, but vaccines are relatively safe and it drastically reduces your chance of having a severe illness. But I am, I will be the loudest champion against government mandate on just about anything, but especially when it comes to medicine. The government has no business whatsoever telling you what you can and can't do with your own body. I find it, I find this absurd and absolutely disgusting. I don't think we could end it any better than that, Charles. So once again, thank you to Alex for allowing us to guest host. And if you want to follow us, just search Good Morning Liberty on your favorite podcast app or just type in BernieLies.com into your browser and it will bring up our podcast on your favorite podcast app. So until next time, you stay classy, Tennessee.